Hey guys, it's Greg. Real quick, right before we start the show, we now have merch. You can go to our link tree and click the Tee Public icon there. And you can get shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, mugs, phone cases, all that fun stuff with your favorite podcast on there. Us. That's us. So go to Tee Public, search TWH, or go to any of our socials, click our link tree, and you can go there and pick up some cool stuff. Thanks. Fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Pretty awesome because we're doing our top 15 70s horror list. Yeah, uh, Throbtober is over for a while now. We have time to get back to doing lists and interviews and all this yeah. kind of stuff. It was kind of nice to get back into this. Yeah, I love Throbtober, but I miss doing, like you said, the bonus episodes, the lists, the interviews. So. It's sad that it's over, but now we get to get back to this stuff, so it's also kind of happy. And let's be real, since it's ended, we've only had one week where we've only recorded once. <laughs> it's not like we've slowed down that much. Oh, I remember in the middle like of Throbtober, we were like, oh yeah, going back to one a week's going to be weird, blah, blah, blah. That has not happened. <laughs> no, we, we had the intern Corey pick, we have bonuses, we have extra stuff we're throwing around. Yeah, it's, we're still going, people. Yeah, we already had a bonus episode. Yes. Uh, so 70s are interesting for me, because 80s, obviously, it was a pain for me to cut it off at 25. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. the 80s were, like, the huge time, it seemed. Um, it's coming back around. But the 70s had a lot of good stuff, but it's a different feel of movie. Yeah, 70s, to me, is a lot of setting up for what we got with what I love about horror. Now, that's not to say things weren't set up a lot earlier because there's a lot of movies I love from going even before this, but to what we get consistently today, I think starts in the seventies. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Quite, I mean, a few of my picks were either the first or second movie of like this huge, what kicked off a huge thing in the eighties and forward. Exactly. All right. So basically if you're new, we've done a couple of years before, we'll, Back and forth it, we'll get to our number twos, we'll recap our lists and say our number ones. Yes, we have to remember to recap our list, because we forgot to do that once, I think. <laughs> yes, so, um, I guess slight spoilers, or nothing crazy for these movies, but they're all from the 70s, so you've had time. Yeah, and we're, it's just gonna be a slight breakdown. Some of these movies we may have already covered, so you can go back and yeah, listen exactly. to the whole episode on it. Yeah, so would you like to do the honors? Yes, and I am kicking it off with a genre of movie that I completely love, the Italian horror movie, with Lucio Fulci's Zombie Flesh Eaters, or Zombie, or Zombie 2, or Dawn of the Dead 2, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Excellent pick. I've talked about this movie so many times. Look, the <laughs> number one thing people remember this movie is typically the eye scene. You know what I mean? It traumatized me for a long time. The eye scene and the shark wrestling. That's what I was going to say. It's what this movie <laughs> should be remembered for, honestly. Because, yeah, everyone's like, oh, like, in all those hundred greatest horror moments and stuff. Yeah. It's crazy that Zombie even gets mentioned, but it does for that eye scene. But let's be real. Brett, they put a man in zombie makeup and <laughs> kind of fed him to a shark in real life. 
They're like, go at it. That's what I love about the Italians. They don't give a shit. They're just like, go. All that matters is getting it on film. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. It could put people in danger. Does it look cool? That's all that matters. <laughs> they tried to tranquilize the shark <laughs> so it'd be groggy. They put a man in ridiculous makeup. Like, okay, get in there. <laughs> What's this creature from Black Lagoon and they're dropping those pellets in to try to subdue him? I don't know how they did it, but it's just insane. Like, the fact that this bad, not bad, but let's be real bad, Italian knockoff of Dawn of the Dead is even on the list is wild to me. Oh, and the fact that it's it's known in Italy as Dawn of the Dead 2. Like, Fulci tried to do that. It just kind of adds to it. It's like how Troll 2 has nothing to do with Troll 1. Yeah, and let's be real, Dawn of the Dead is a sequel. So it's a sequel to a sequel called 2. Right. Yeah, excellent pick. I legit can't recommend Zombie enough for people. Know that it's gonna be bizarre and make not a lot of sense, but these moments you get uh, with some of the kills and just some of the effects, and it's it's a fun movie to look at. It's so bright and vibrant, the whole thing. Yeah, story-wise, it's so-so, and at times don't make a whole lot of sense. Visually, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I can't agree enough. Good pick. Thank you. Well, what do you got? I have The Hills Have Eyes from Wes Craven. One oh, of these okay. movies that I like the remake more, I'm not going to lie. But recently I did revisit this first one. I was like, you know what? I'm too harsh on this first one. I actually really still do enjoy it, though. I own it. I haven't seen it in years. So I have to revisit it, I think. Because the last time I watched it, I didn't think it was very good. It's impactful i'll say like yeah. it's combines camp like with some really grisly like brutal things and everything and they're, they're gonna eat a baby <laughs> at one point <laughs> it gets pretty insane and this is obviously michael berryman's breakout role oh yes because he's on the poster he's on the vhs art he's like the Dawn of the Dead guy that has like the that we saw him at the convention, um, but he has the thing against his eye. Yeah, and here's the other thing, and I can't even fault the guy for it. I do the same. He's milked this role for like fifty years. Yeah. Yes, like I feel like all he's ever gone after this are cameo roles due to Hills Have Eyes, and I mean hats off to the dude. Well done. Well, because you see him, and he's one of those character actors of, it's immediately, like, he's very recognizable of, no one else looks like him. No, I, he has some kind of condition, doesn't he? Yeah, I think um, it's something where he can't sweat, where, because they have to, like, do, during the, I'm pretty sure I heard about during the filming of this, they had, like, a trailer they had to keep putting him in so he didn't overheat. Well, yeah, because they're in the fucking desert. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, at cons and stuff, he's, like, an extreme pain, like, that's why he doesn't shake hands or anything like that, but he's very nice to people, but something like that. So, for that dude to become this horror icon is pretty cool for it, I think. Like, he's really made a name for himself and turned what some people view as a misfortune around into making a career out of. Oh, yeah, because every time you see him, like, pop up in a movie, it's like, oh, it's that guy! (laughs) And enough about Barryman, though. I think the movie does hold up well. I was kind of in the camp year, and I kind of started poo-pooing the original way. I'm like, yeah, it's not good. It's one of those cases I... And I still do like the remake better, but when I rewatch I'm like, you know what? This is a fun time. I'm enjoying it. I do know in the sequel, the dog has a flashback. 
<laughs> I never saw the sequel. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those little like because they like you were talking about like the hundred and one scariest moments or whatever. It's just one of those like countdown lists, and they mentioned that, and it was like, oh, that's funny. That's kind of cool. All right, number fourteen. What you got? Um, I have Taurus Trap. Oh, good go! I was just talking about Taurus Trap to somebody the other day. Yeah, it's really good. It reminds you kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre ish. Um, uh, made in nineteen seventy nine. It's all about like they these teens break down by this house that has all these mannequins and this weird old man. And it's like one of those sideshow tourist trap attractions of like the mannequins like sing and dance and whatnot. But there's a huge twist at the end, like there always is and whatnot. But it's a lot of fun. It's drenched in just that seventies like. It looks like it was shot on like sixteen millimeter. Well, what I was mentioning with someone the other day is they're talking about how movies are out of ideas now, and every movie's just a rip off of something else. And I said this has been going on for a long time, and I brought up how House of Wax is just a rip off of Tourist Trap if you really want to look at it. Oh yeah, or vice versa. But you know what I mean. Right. Like, there reminds me a lot of that. There's a very weird twist. I'll say. Yeah. Um. What's that room like? That scene where there's trapped and shit's flying at a character and everything. It's oh. a fun time. And the th- that's like the first ten minutes, if I'm remembering right. And the like mannequin's just like, <laughs> and he gets like trapped in this room and all the shit's flying at him. It's insane. The one girl from Taurus Trap, uh, she passed away a year or two ago, but she went on to play Midge in that '70s show. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Hey, anything else on Taurus Trap? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I first saw it on uh, Joe Bob's uh, Last Drive-In, so it's a lot of fun if uh, that version is up on Shudder at the moment when you check this episode out, because he gives a lot of great behind-the-scenes on it. I believe you said when X came out, you thought it was kind of an homage to Taurus Trap. Oh yeah, there were definitely parts of it that like reminded me of it faintly. Like I can't remember exactly the parts now, but... um. Oh, yeah, it definitely gives you that feel. It's cool. Like, that, that stuff still works today. Yeah, and I always, like, ask you, because I'm like, is that actually, like, a thing that's going on, or is it just my head doing the thing it does? It might have been. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you are not the only one to have some Italian horror thrown onto this list, because my number 14, a movie I didn't see until a little bit before we recorded our episode on it, and then watched it again, Deep Red. Oh, very nice. Yes, great pick. Stupid song that plays over and over. But this, I have ups and downs with Italian horror. The stuff I love, I fucking love. And then we get to things like opera that I can't stand. Deep Red <laughs> definitely falls into the love category. Man, this movie is wild because it keeps pulling the rug out for me from what I think this movie is throughout the whole thing. And it's never a bad, like, jolting thing. But at first, I think it's going to be this weird supernatural movie at the beginning. And then it switches to, it's just a typical detective and girl going after a thing that's almost like a romance detective thing. And then the twist happens, and holy shit, to not spoil anything for anybody, I will just say the body drag scene. Holy shit! Oh yeah, it's so good. Once again, like you said, it is Italian horror, so this one makes more sense than like zombie, let's say. But there's also still parts of like, whoa, that part just looked really cool. Which is something I love about the Italian movies. It's they're more visual than like, well, it looks cool, so it doesn't matter that 
it doesn't make sense for the story. Like the mannequin, the dummy dude. Yes. <laughs> there was a mirror right here, I swear. Like, there's so many just dumb, charming things in this movie, like an arm wrestling match and things like that. I really like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, uh, one of uh, Argento's best movies, I would say. Even, I finally did see Suspiria. I liked it a lot. I would have to watch it a couple more times before I would consider, like, putting it on a list. But it was a lot of fun. But I still like Deep Red more right now. It's definitely good. It's up there with his best. Yes. What do you got? Oh, okay, uh, number 13, I have Dracula, A.D. 1972. Christopher Lee. This is one you talk to me about all the time that I still have not gotten around to see. It's so great. Well, because it takes place in 1972, and it's basically like some the Satanist cult, but they're like almost like how teenagers like black metal, and they think they're all... St- insane because they're writing upside down crosses on their notebook it's like these basically like they're in their like 20s or their teenagers like playing around at cult and they accidentally resurrect dracula and now dracula is in the 70s that sounds wild man why haven't i checked this out that sounds really cool everything you tell me about it oh it's a lot of fun it's a later hammer movie um i believe there's one more after this one that it's like an official, like, actual Christopher Lee Hammer movie. I know he played Dracula in other movies later in the 70s, I believe. But, um, the serious ones, let's say. I Actually, I know I haven't checked it out, because I figured you were going to be putting it on the show at some point, so I'm like, oh, I'll just yeah. wait till then. Oh, yeah, I will put it on soon. Yeah, we haven't done a vampire movie in a minute. No, we were hitting a stretch where we're, yeah. like we were hitting them constantly. <laughs> we took a little breather from vampires for a minute. I, I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, no spoilers, I do have a Christopher Lee movie on my list. Oh, very nice. But yeah, I would definitely recommend checking it out. We're do it on the show definitely at some point. But it's just, because then of course it's also like the descendant of Van Helsing is now fighting Dracula. It's just the classic story all over again. But now it's like, psychedelic England! Christopher Lee does play a great Dracula. Look, I'm not trying to say blasphemy oh, here, Brent, so don't worry. But obviously the best Dracula passed away. But, <laughs> man, his Dracula is so good. It's a completely different take on it. And he works, like, really good at that monstrous Dracula. And I love Christopher Lee's Dracula. He's definitely number two. If Bela Lugosi didn't live... He would definitely be the best Dracula ever, but you have to give it to Lugosi. And even Christopher Lee pays homage to Lugosi in his own costume because he had the um, ring that uh, Lugosi's Dracula wears in the movie made for his Dracula as a little, like, nod. Good. Of like, okay. we, I know you're the best. All right. Well, my number 13, Brett, I don't know if you've seen this movie or not, but it's a wild one. Okay. The Incredible Melting Man. Yes, I have. So good. No one talks about this movie, and that is a crime. Uh, I've definitely seen, like, bits and pieces. I don't know if I've, like, sat down and seen the entire movie, but I've seen, like, a good chunk. Isn't it where he goes by, like, Saturn, and he comes back with radiation, and then he walks around in the woods melting? (laughs) Yeah, and by the end, he's just so melted and gross and everything. It's kind of like a serious, darker, toxic Avenger. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And once again, it's just that great, 
the 70s movies have that great feel to them because they were shot on real film like they, i don't care what anyone says there's a difference yeah and dude the effect on this guy is so wild i swear to god they just dunked him in mud it's like and like started melting it the melting man but like running off of him and everything it looks so good it's a really fun gross movie that i feel like does not get the do that it needs this reminded me of my old friend from high school daniel Uh, hi daniel you're probably not listening but he went to college for like radio and shit and he used to have a college radio station and i would call in as different characters and the one time i was like playing basically myself but just a little heightened version of it of like the snobby horror guy and i was like going into great detail about the incredible melting man to the point of daniel's like oh well you don't want to tell us the whole movie the listeners might want to uh check it out for themselves and i'm just like no 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 (laughs) please do that now Oh, no, it was just me, like, well, he went around Saturn, and then he walked around the woods, melting the whole time, and it was just like, a, <laughs> I was doing, like, that voice. <laughs> Alright, what do you got next? My number 12, uh, which is a movie that I saw in high school, and then didn't revisit again, I don't think, until just a few weeks ago, when Creature Features on Friday on YouTube uh, showed it, and that's The Omen. <sighs> Oh, dude, I haven't seen The Omen in a long time, and spoilers, for that reason, it's not on my list. That's probably an oversight on my end, because it's a great movie, but yeah, I haven't seen it since, like, junior high either. Yeah, if I hadn't recently seen it again, I would. I don't think I would have put it on my list, but it reminded me about, like, how good it actually really is. Yeah, The Omen's... Like, let's be real, really set up the creepy kid movie, which has gone on forever, but is done it better than any. Uh, do you have a standout scene? Because I definitely have mine. Oh, I mean, the one that I always think about is when I forget the names exactly, but I believe it's like the dad and the priest. They go to the uh, graveyard and they're like opening up the tombs and they open up the one tomb and it's the tiny baby skeleton with the hole in its head. Yeah, that's a good one. Mine's the cliche answer, but it's the birthday party with the, it's all for you, Damien, and jumping off and she hangs herself and everything. Holy shit. Damien, it's all for you. And and it's just like out of nowhere. And Damien's just like, he's like, cool, thanks. I like that. Yeah, he just has that thousand yard stare. Like for a child is so like weird. But yeah, it is, man, that scene fucked me up and still is wild. And also the big scene of when he's riding his little bike down the hallway and rams into, I believe it's his mother, right? And she falls off the banister and is like in critical condition. Yeah, the the omen really is great. And the music to this, it's like, like doing everything. It's so good. Well, if you've seen the South Park episode of Damien, Satan's son comes to South Park and he like befriends Pip. It's, it's exactly that. I just want to know, you named your kid Damien before yeah. you knew he was the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. And well, also, another great scene, because they just keep like, it's such a great movie. But when they're going to go to the wedding, and he's, uh, the new nanny's like, he doesn't want to go. She's trying to keep him out of the church. And then he throws like the huge temper tantrum as soon as they get there. Yeah, you should know something's up right there. Yeah. Um, good pick, though. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's so much fun. Definitely rewatch it. And if you're a fan of horror hosts, check out Creature Features on YouTube. They have covered this. And I don't think they're keeping the Friday episodes up all the time because Dawn of the Dead came down. So watch it soon. Uh, My number 12 is a movie I have not seen until very recently, uh, thanks to you. And I... Look, it's ridiculous, but I love it. It's so over-the-top and weird, and this perfect blend of everything. It's the Abominable Dr. Fibes. Oh, very nice. Spoiler alert, it is on my list. Oh, good. Man, I'm so glad you showed me this movie. I had never seen it before, and... Man, Vincent Price for just staring at the camera, moving his throat, but not talking the whole time. The reveal of what he is at the end. Like you said, Saw definitely took inspiration from this movie, but it's not torture porn. Don't take me wrong if you haven't seen it. It's weird organ solo man can you hear me now, doctor? All this, this movie's so fun. I wish they made a thousand of them. There, are, There's a book series I found. It's based off books. Yeah, but that requ- I yeah, no. I always start it's not books. Price. Yeah, I, I start books and I I like reading, but I always have this bad habit of getting three quarters of the way through and yeah. then getting really busy and never finishing them. Yeah, I kind of have done the same thing. But at least now too, like I wonder how long they are because, like, at least now that I know I have Doctor Fives's voice, I can read it in his voice. <laughs> no, I would take a. The Abominable Dr. Five Sunday comic strip. That would be easy to keep up oh, with. Yeah. That'd be like that uh, Tor and Bella Lugosi comic strip I found online the other day and showed you. Yes. Bella, how many Tor? <laughs> but the, everyone should watch this movie, believe me. If Yes. And the thing is, I can recommend this to almost any style of horror fan because it blends so many in it. It's very serious and very gothic, but also horror comedy esque. Like, it's really good. Yeah, and um, definitely check out the sequel. It's also, if you like this, it's just more Dr. Fives, which is fun. But it is Dr. Fives rises again. He doesn't ride again. I did love it. Oh, okay. My number 11, which is a movie I just saw this past summer for the first time, but I've heard about it for years, and it's so good. Steven Spielberg's very first movie, Duel. Oh, I haven't seen it. How is it? It's a lot of fun. It, it, I think you would love it, because think of Fury Road. What's that about? It's a giant car chase, but it's really cool and like suspenseful. That's all Duel is. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll give it a sh- uh, check out sometime. It's, it's one I've heard about forever. I think I just saw on like one of those random Blu-ray groups or something, someone was just doing a re-release of it. I thought about like checking it out. I was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, basically, it's a lot of fun. It's really, it's a lot of people think of it as like it's proto Jaws. Because basically, it's like the giant truck with some like deranged truck driver who you never see is chasing um, De- Dennis Weaver, David Mann. And it's just a long car chase because uh, David Mann pissed off this truck driver by passing him. So, something very likely, that's scary. That's a good, like, horror movie, something that we all do every day that can turn frightening. Yeah, and, like, different things keep getting thrown at him, like, the truck driver will get around him, now he has to try to get back around him. At one point, David Mann stops and uh, tries to help a school bus. Why does he not simply turn around when the truck gets in front of him? 
Well, I don't know. Well, that is true. Well, it is just like a very little road and whatnot. But he does that a few times of like, he thinks he loses the truck, but it's like, as soon as he pops back out, it's right there. This sounds good, though, because I get paranoid when a car's been following me for too long, just going the yeah. same direction. And uh, Sven, speaking of horror hosts, Fingoli showed this uh, this year as well, so I've gotten like a couple different doses of it, so it's been fun. Uh, I'll give it a shot, thanks. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, my number 11 is probably the schlockiest movie on my list. Ooh, okay. It is It's Alive. I've not seen It's Alive yet. Okay, it's a killer baby. Yeah, I believe Larry Cohen did it, right? Yes, he did. Yes. Very, very correct. Yeah, so this woman gives birth, and it's not like the baby's fine and something happens. It's not like an omen thing where it's slowly revealed. No, it's just monster baby from the <laughs> fucking start. And you get baby vision. You know, baby's vision isn't all there and everything. Yeah. And the camera gets all, like, blurry and weird when it's POV <laughs> with the baby and everything. And, like, <laughs> it's so good. It's just... Dumb, bloody fun, like, it's your typical Cohen movie. Yeah, I definitely, I've seen, like, pictures of the baby, and is awesome, and like you said, schlocky looking in the best way. Um, I've seen baby footage of, like, baby cam of it's, like, a foot off the ground and running around all, like, demonically. So, <laughs> this is one I hope at some point gets put on the list and we cover, because I definitely want to see it. Oh, yeah, this will definitely get covered one day. Especially being a Larry Cohen movie, because I believe there are three It's Alive movies. And yes, there are. I'm just excited to tap into some Larry Cohen I haven't gotten to see yet. I never saw the sequels. I don't know whether they're good or bad. I don't imagine they're good, but I imagine they're fun. Right. All right, so what do you got for uh, for 10? Uh, number 10, we already talked about it, The Abominable Dr. Fives. Oh, I can't argue with it. Great pick. Love it. Vincent Price, you cannot go wrong. Definitely check out this movie. You know what? We're having a pretty good list, because that was our first repeat this whole time. Yeah, it's not bad. Well, so far. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are quite a few. Also, I forget if we mentioned it when we talked about it before, but we do have a, doc a Dr. Fives episode, so go back and check it out. Yeah, go give that a listen. What do you got? My number 10 is a movie that was mentioned but not picked yet, hmm. was Suspiria. Okay, very nice. Um, I know you said Deep Red was your favorite, but Suspiria is my favorite Argento. I think this is really? his peak form, where Deep Red's just a, is just about there. It's an arms race between the two of them, but I think Suspiria edges it out just a little bit. Okay, how did you just recently see that, and it's already on... No, I've seen this one. This is one okay, I saw Okay, you've seen before. this one before? Okay. Because I, I, I know I just recently saw it, and I was like, it's one of those ones where I was meaning for years to see it, because I've heard about it forever. It's just, I never got there. So yeah, is great. This was an Argento movie I saw before I knew who Argento was, I guess you could say. So I saw this for the first time quite a while ago, and then... Like, recently, again, once we started covering a lot of Italian horror stuff. No, I think Suspiria is really fun. That glass scene is all I will say to anybody who hasn't yeah. seen it. It's a lot of fun, and it's wild. Honestly, maybe his best kill oh, yeah, like, that he's done in any of his movies is right there, if you ask me. It's really great. Like, the barbed wire scene? Yes. But that's all I'll say about Suspiria, because we'll cover that not yeah. too far in advance, I'd imagine. It might be coming up soon. Oh yeah, never mind, we do have it on the schedule, I forgot. It's not yeah. like next week or anything, don't worry people. Yeah, it is on the schedule. 
<laughs> yeah, so you will hear about it in the next few weeks. Um, All right. Well, staying on the Argento train, Deep Red, number nine. There we go. Love it. So good. I can't recommend it enough. And also, speaking of horror hosts, once again, Joe Bob covered Deep Red. He did. I saw his episode on Deep Red. It's real good. Yes. Um, something I didn't mention is the mother, who I won't say anything else about, but how she keeps confusing... <laughs> I can't remember his name, but Paul McCartney looking dude. Keeps, yes. Like confusing him for an Marco. engineer. He's like, no. Oh, Marco, yeah. No, I'm the pianist. Oh, so it's very hard being an engineer. I'm a pianist over and over. And I'm not really even that big of a fan of mystery movies, but it seems like Deep Red and Giallo in general does mystery in a way that I enjoy. Because so much, so many mystery movies, it's like, it's so dry and like, you would think I would like that, like in Star Trek, but I don't. This one at least has, like, fucking Goblin rocking out behind it. Yeah, how did we not mention the soundtrack until now? Good good pick. Goblin is doing great. There's a scene where a guy's hanging off the side of a building and slowly making his way down. And there's it doesn't sound like it would be good. But there's just this wild, like, organ solo oh and, like, going on with it. It's so good. It's when he's destroying the outside of the building slowly with his own body somehow. My number nine is the movie I said Christopher Lee will be showing up in, and it's The Wicker Man. Oh, I have not seen this version of The Wicker Man. Oh, you've only seen the Cage version? Not the bees! <laughs> <laughs> well, I would definitely recommend seeing the original. Um, it's so weird, because I think Midsommar like, takes a lot of inspiration from The Wicker Man. I've heard that. So basically, it deals with, like... When is a religion a cult? And stuff like that kind of thing. Like, a lot of these kind of questions are posed. And I can't, I guess I can't spoil the ending because it is the ending. But holy shit, the ending is so wild and all the creepy uh, locals, like, just dancing around singing as this terrible thing's going on. Christopher Lee's performance in this, Brett, I can't stress enough. There's a scene where something terrible is happening and the town is standing around singing, but Christopher Lee is like swinging with his arms like a heave-ho, like back and forth singing. It just <laughs> sells it so well. Uh, uh, spoilers for the end, but did the Wicker Man do it or was he the killer? No, the killer was not the <laughs> Wicker Man. Damn it. Alright, what's next? Uh, what do I'm at? Number eight? Yes. Okay, A movie that we just recently uh, covered again the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, nice pick. Um, I'm going to give full disclosure. It's not on my list, not because it's the best. I didn't know if I could count on it enough or not, so that's the only reason it's not on mine. I said sure. Okay, so full disclosure, if I was going back in time, I should have texted you and asked how like hard are we going with our definition here. It would be on mine also, so that's well, my clarification. Yeah, technically it is very much a classic Frankenstein movie. Yeah, it's, Rocky Horror is great. I got yelled at because I didn't give it a 10. I still gave it a yes. 9 and still somehow got yelled at for this. You motherfucker, it could have gone into the goddamn Hall of Fame where it belongs. <laughs> um, Tim Curry's performance alone. Tim so good. Curry, yeah, Tim Curry alone is so amazing. I remember growing up, I loved Muppet Treasure Island. And I loved Tim Curry in that. And then getting to like middle high school when I saw Rocky Horror for the first time, I was like, Holy shit, that's the Muppet Treasure Island guy and the guy from Clue. And, you know. It, it's really good. Um, I don't know how to describe Rocky Horror if you didn't know about it, but thankfully oh. I don't think there's too many people who don't know about it. 
I was like, grab your favorite substance of choice and get ready to sing for an hour and a half. I was gonna say, go check out our episode, but it's just a lot of us singing. Oh yeah, even after, because there was a warning me and Corey both got from Greg of, we all love the songs, but please don't just sing the songs. I think it still would have been worse if you didn't say that, but we still sang most of the songs. I was gonna, I felt like my warning was ignored, but you're telling me it was heated and it could have been worse. There's a couple times I stopped myself from singing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, what was that, your number nine? No, uh, your number, number eight. eight. Yes. My number eight, just when he thought it was safe to go back in the water, Brett, Jaws. Oh, very nice. Amazing movie. Okay, so my first experience with Jaws, I'll say, when I was a little kid, we got to go to Disney and Universal through Make-A-Wish and everything, and I was maybe five years old, so I, I don't remember a lot of it. I'll tell you what I do remember, Brett, is that fucking shark following <laughs> the boat I was on around terrified the hell out of me. It was really cool, but I was also really nervous at the same time. Like, I'm like, this is safe, right? Like, in my little head. <laughs> I didn't see Jaws till years later, and I'm like, oh, it's the thing from the ride that scared me when I was a kid. <laughs> so you're going to propose to her where at when Jaws popped out of the water. That's so romantic. Too bad I'm it's not, not there you. anymore. Yeah, I know, fucking assholes. <laughs> but enough of that. Jaws is one of the greatest movies of all time, probably. Yeah. Oh, I agree. That dinner scene alone, when they're all sitting around drinking, talking about their own scars, and uh, Quint goes into the long story about the USS Indianapolis and how it went down and um, the sharks attacked and whatnot, and then he sing. They get to singing the song again. Anytime they sing a song, I'm happy. <laughs> we do have an episode of Jaws back in year one. You guys can go back and listen to. Yeah, very early throbbing with horror. Not so polished. No, it is. Yeah, keep that in mind. It's an older one, people. But you can go back and listen to it. Yes. So I'm at what number seven? Yep. Another one that we have covered this year, Nosferatu the Vampire. Oh, nice pick. Um, I will still say I'm still slightly angry with this movie, though. Why? Because of the, <laughs> the screensaver amount of times of just camera <laughs> shots of the fucking oh. sky. Why it's, do you think? It's so good. It's so atmospheric, and I love it. It's, it's oh. a vampire story. It's gothic. It's atmospheric. Brett from Dimension Z, it's just like a warm blanket. It's just, I love this. You, Werner Herzog does so amazing with this. I mean, it's the classic Dracula story told again. But Klaus Kinski as um, Nosferatu, Count Dracula, called in this movie. It's just so great. Renfield is amazing somehow, because Renfield has to be over the top. But you're trying not to do a Dwight Fry. And this guy definitely does his own thing. One of my favorite scenes, it's a tiny little thing, is Renfield comes up to Dracula and is like pawing all over him and is just like, Master, I love you. And Dracula just pushes him away, just like, get away from me, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, this one, this is a weird one for me. I don't like, this one, I don't, I can't recommend to everybody. For me, Brett might. No. Mine, it gets so atmospheric and long that I'm like, Please, please yeah. do something at points. The points where it's great, I love, but there's a lot of long drawn out things for me. Uh, Harker going to the goddamn castle takes an hour. 
Yes. And people, I'm not exaggerating, there's shots of the sky that show, like, it changing from day to night that I feel like took an entire day to watch. Oh, and it probably, it was him just filming the sky for an entire day. But I love that stuff so much. Now, I'm not always in the mood for this movie. You have to be in the right mood. You have to, you're not going to be, don't look at TikTok right before you watch this movie because TikTok's like instant gravitation. Like 10 seconds, new movie. 10 seconds, new video. This is a lot, like you said, of holding on shots, a lot of atmosphere, a lot of sweeping things, but it's a very pretty movie and it's well done. Yeah, it is fun. It is worth a watch. Check it out. I'm exaggerating a little bit. No, it's amazing. It should be number one. (laughs) All right. So my last movie was a shark movie, Brett. My next movie is also a shark movie that was covered. My number seven is Zombie. Oh, very nice. Okay. And that's my last Italian horror on my list. But yes, man, everything we said earlier, this movie is just so wild. Take a step back when you're watching this movie and just think about, holy shit, (laughs) what am I seeing? And you'll have a great time. Yeah, and the makeup is so amazing. The story, like we said, is, eh, it's an Italian movie. But the special effects are just really sell it. All the blood looks like these people were exposed to nuclear radiation right before they were attacked. Like, it's It's, super bright. It's the great, super bright 70s blood. The techno blood. It's my favorite blood. Yeah, it's a... We already talked on it, but yeah, zombies definitely on there for me. Good. I was hoping. Oh, yeah, it was there. I was like, I think it was 15 for you. I'm like, mine's way down on that list, but it's there. (laughs) Well, I'm at uh, number six. Yep. The Exorcist. Oh, good pick. Love it uh, so Might be coming much. up soon. Oh, yes, it probably is. Because we're doing like a, like, I've my original idea for December, I pitched it to Greg and he said no, was I want to do Satanic December. We don't even mention Christmas. And he's like, people enjoy Christmas, Brett. It's not just about you. And I'm like, fuck it, god damn it, okay. <laughs> Listen, I just got Jack Frost on Blu-ray because I was excited to cover it on Christmas. I was like, no, unless you're refunding me my Jack, Jack Frost purchase, no. Jack Frost will be fun to do. That movie's great. I don't care. It's not even Christmas. It's a snowman. Yeah. But The Exorcist, holy shit. The Possession movie, the exorcism movie of exorcism movies. It was so great. It basically ruined exorcism movies forever. No other movie can do it as well as The Exorcist. Yeah, we talked about it in the Conjuring episode we did. The problem with The Exorcist is they did it too well. That's yeah. all I can say. Like, it's it's so good, like, no one else has been able to touch it. And William Friedkin was just a madman, and the things that he did on set would get you arrested now, and they would replace you with... Who's one of those replaceable MCU directors? <laughs> you know, um... Well, they did that with Joss Whedon before it got canceled. I remember they yeah. did when Zack Snyder had a, an emergency. They're like, oh, put Joss Whedon in there. Exactly. It would be fucking like Michael Bay or something. But yeah. freaking, it's just, so, he injured so many people on this set. Yeah, poor Linda Blair still yeah. has back problems from this movie. Uh, the mother got like thrown against the wall and like a dresser like basically fell on her and injured her. Like, they would go into that room, and it actually was, like, super cold, so they could see their breath, and, like, they got hypothermia. 
Yeah, The Exorcist, man, that it's it's so cheesy and cliche, and you've seen it parodied more times than you've seen the real thing. But the head turn scene, holy crap, that that scene's insane. Oh, let alone the head turn scene, the scene that happens right before that, the crucifix scene. Oh man, it that scene is disturbing still today. Fuck me, fuck me. Yeah, it's it's just an insane movie. Oh. Um, Tom Savini, I listened to an interview with him not too long ago when I was at work, and someone asked him, like, does horror scare you? He says, honestly, only two movies have ever actually frightened, frightened me. And he said, and there was such a weird combo, a strange double feature. He said, The Exorcist and Alien. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a weird combination. <laughs> yeah, but he, those are the only two that have actually scared him. I'm like, how often are you in space, Tom Savini? But I get it. And coming is from someone that's not religious whatsoever. Religion, religious horror movies do scare the fuck out of me. I don't know what it is because I don't believe in the thing. But seeing it there, I'm like, oh, that's real. I'm scared. It's like a primal part of your brain that's just like, <laughs> yeah. No, some when they work, they work. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. But, like, you root for Father Karras. You root for Father Marin. Where usually you see a priest and you're like, eh, whatever. Like, maybe they'll kill him in the movie. Like... <laughs> yeah. One last little thing on The Exorcist. Because we're talking, we're going death about The Exorcist here pretty soon. Because there's so many different parts. Because one last little thing, again, on top of the other last little thing. I love how the mother is, like, trying to go to science about everything. And at the very end, she has, like, a room full of doctors. And they're all like, oh, no, maybe you should call a priest? And she's like, motherfucker. Um, that oh, part is so funny. I think funny. it's brilliant. It's such a brilliant thing because, yeah, you're dealing with you what you think is a medical issue. You be hey, no, for real. Come on, what am I doing here? Yeah, and the last little thing is I love when Scary Movie parodied it, and like, uh, the possessed Reagan is like coming on to the priest, and the priest is doing like sexy eyes back to her, and the other priest is like, "Stop it!" And they're like twerking. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I don't think I can stand scary movie. Little bits of them are there. Other times, I just hate those movies. I don't know. Oh yeah, you have to. Be, another one you have to be in the right mood for. Well, how we to go perfect in Tom Savini's mind with the perfect double feature? Oh. My number six is Alien. Okay, very nice. I enjoy Alien. Yeah, the first Alien. It's so weird because it. Seems so slow in retrospect when you see the later ones. When you just sit down and just watch that and put that out of your mind, it's still a terrifying movie. In, the, in space, no one can hear you scream. And, man, what a terrifying thing of the facehuggers laying an egg down your throat that bursts out of your chest. Do you remember the first time you saw that? The, oh, holy shit! Oh, yeah, that's one of those things that it sticks out to you of, like... They think he's fine, like they're sitting around a dinner, like, what's the most safe place to be? Around the dinner table with friends or family or something, eating dinner and whatnot, and then it happens. Yeah, uh, I think this has, like, a little bit of sentimental value to me, too, because I know you'll hate the second one, me and my dad used to watch, like, Alien and Predator and a lot of, like, sci-fi horror stuff together, and Alien was a big one that we would watch all the time, so I had this one from a very young age and would always, like, capture my imagination when I'd watch it. Oh, yeah, Alien is one I saw, like, in elementary school, and I remember it was, like, the, who are you an Alien fan or a Predator fan? 
And from elementary school, I've been saying, Predator sucks, alien rules. <laughs> you're like, in 20 years, me and this other guy are going to argue about this way too much. Like, almost weekly. Like, it's still a topic. <laughs> All right, what do you got for your number five? Number five, boy, I have Phantasm. Good pick. Um, Due to the fact of it being Phantasm 1, did not make mine. And I won't lie, right before my list came out, I kind of felt bad about it. I'm like, I'm too harsh on Phantasm 1. Yeah. I still do like it, but it didn't make mine. Phantasm is so amazing. I love how like imaginative it is. It's so unique. It's, name another movie like Phantasm. You get tiny oh, little bits here I and cannot. there. I won't lie, I cannot name another movie like it. What other movie has done what it's done, like, even throughout the entire series? of The last movie came out in, like, 2016, and it was still all the original people. Now that I'm giving you, that is an incredible accomplishment. I, I like those later ones a lot. The first one's just rough for me to get through. But in retrospect, when you're watching the other ones, you appreciate one more. But that's the only way I seem to like it too much. Because... Reggie, who's a great part of the other ones, I fucking hate in Phantasm 1. The stupid guitar playing Ice Cream Man, I'm like, fuck you. Reggie's the coolest guy in the entire world. I would love to, like, share a Budweiser with him. Yeah. <laughs> Phantasm 1, he's just a dork. Oh yeah, he's a dorky Ice Cream Man who gets killed in the first one, but then he's in all the other ones. That's the great thing about Phantasm. Uh, Jody oh, died. Is that what we're calling He's it? Alive. It's great. Michael died. Michael's alive. It's the Lady in Lavender, but it's also the Tall Man. Phantasm 1 poses some great questions when you sit back after watching it. Because, like, why is the Tall Man fucking these people first? It's not like he's just seducing <laughs> them to get them there. Because he follows through. He could just get them in the graveyard and kill them. But no, he's letting Jody have his panties in his mouth and everything. <laughs> like, what is the Tall Man doing here? At the very beginning, the first kill, when the Tall Man is the Lady in Lavender, the guy finishes. Yeah, Tommy completely fucks the Tall Man as a lady, and then the Tall Man turns and kills him. Oh my god! They never address it. It'd be no. different if they addressed it. It'd be like the tall man's actually a sex fiend too. No, they never touch on why he's doing this. He's just horny. He's like maybe he's, he's experimenting with ex ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, but that's all. <laughs> all right. Um, we don't even have to spend much time on it because we just did. My number five is The Exorcist. Oh, perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, we just talked all we could about it, um, yeah. and I won't, because we have the episode coming up and not too long here. Yes. Um, my number four, another movie we've already talked about, Jaws. Oh, excellent pick. Um, uh, well, 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 I'll say this that I didn't say about Jaws. I think Jaws is the most, hear me out here, culturally scary movie on this list. Oh, it... There's still an entire week devoted on Discovery Channel to sharks because of Jaws. Because Jaws made everyone terrified of sharks. And then there was actually, like, this mass wave of, like, sharks almost went extinct because everyone was killing them. And then everyone had to be like, no, sh save the sharks! <laughs> I, looking back in real life, it's probably better if Jaws never came out for sharks. Let's be real. You know what I mean? Like... 
I'm glad we're at the point now where people are realizing it. But yeah, let's be real. Jaws was terrible for sharks unintentionally, but it made everyone afraid to swim in the beach. Like for yeah. years, like I think I saw this study about like people swimming in water after Jaws like dropped dramatically and took a while to start climbing back up. My mother is afraid of the water to this day because of Jaws. If we were to go to the beach, she would stay on the beach. She would never go in the water. I remember from like very little age, young age, I'd be like, don't go out too far. Because one time me and dad went out too far. Mom got mad. This little life raft floats up the shore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. My number four is... The best zombie movie of the 70s, in my opinion, Dawn of the Dead. Holy shit, yes. Dawn of the Dead is so goddamn amazing. What other movie would make you excited to go visit a mall? Yeah, look, I'll say this, because I've heard other horror podcasters talk about it. Like, I think that mall's gone, it's not there anymore. No, it's close. Me and you can be there in, like, two hours. We've gone to it several times. We've gone to the airport from it and everything. Yeah, that's, like, our area's claim to fame, with along with Night and a bunch of other Romero stuff. But, yeah, Dawn of the Dead has this, like, gr this is the first time that we really get into the zombie fantasy of, like, yeah. you have the world to yourself. Like, because Night of the Living Dead established zombies as we know it. It wasn't the first, but you know what I mean. Right. Dawn of the Dead was the first time we're like, well, if the world's been overrun by these things, you kind of have full run of the world. And so these people just hole up in a shopping mall and everything, and it's the first time we really get into, man, you could have some fun with sets and everything in these movies and just have a wild time. Which, I mean, look at everything from Zombieland to Walking Dead has been beat to death after now, but yeah. it all came from Dawn of the Dead. And it does the great thing of like, oh my god, we can do whatever we want and go wherever we want. Let's go to this mall and hold up in here. And for a while, it's like, hey, look how much fun we're having. And then it inevitably do, does the thing of they're bored. They have goofy music with it at one point. It's a fun <laughs> yeah. time. There's Tom Savini riding a motorcycle, uh -huh. chopping off zombies' heads from a sidecar. Doing flips. This movie's a fun time. I, it's it's a long movie, actually, I feel like, but yeah. it's a really fun watch. And there's, like, three different cuts. There's, like, a cut that's, like, over two and a half hours long, and I've seen it. And I still love it. Like, I'd still be like, I love all the little extra parts. Like, and growing up, like, around where Dawn of the Dead and I, the Living Dead, and all these kind of movies took place, always had a special part in my heart, because you'd watch it and be like, I know where that is, or I know exactly where that, or I've been there, you know? Yeah, me and you snuck into the abandoned airport that they filmed this past year to because they're going to tear it down. We're like, well, we have to go. Well, we went back there. We got a bunch of pictures and everything. Yeah, and I, as far as I know, um, last I heard, it is still standing, but a whole nother, like, development, like, place bought it, and yeah, they're tearing it down, sadly. But yeah, if you get a chance to, if you go to the mall, it's like five minutes from the mall. Yeah. All right, that's my number four. Well, my number three, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, perfect. Okay, the thing we just got done talking about. Yeah, so just as a continuation, George Romero rules. I love that guy, especially his first three of the Dead movies. Um, I still need to see, like, Martin and the crazies and stuff, but... um. I love Dawn of the Dead so much. Anytime I get an excuse to go to that mall, I do. I went to the mall, that mall on my honeymoon. 
Because I told my wife, I was like, hey, can we, because we had already gone to the Night of the Living Dead Cemetery on the same trip on our honeymoon. I was like, can we go to the Dawn of the Dead Mall? And she's like, kind of looked at me. I was like, well, it is a mall. And she's like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I also got yelled at by a person because I wanted to go down and look at the George Romero uh, head bus that's sitting there. And this guy and his little kid started yelling at me, being like, what does this man mean to you? What does this man mean to you? And I was like, I don't, I like his movies. And they wouldn't leave me alone, so I left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got to see it again after that. I forgot you yeah, told me about that. It's like, just leave me alone with the head of the guy I like. <laughs> uh, you said the crazies. I'll tell you, in an early draft of my list, that was on there, but it ended up getting bumped in the final draft. Oh, okay, that's, I need to watch it. But it was like how I didn't watch Suspiria for so long. I need to see the crazies. Because it was also in Evan City. Yeah. Alright, number three for me is Carrie. Okay, I fe- I was wondering when Carrie was going to show up on this list. Oh, I'm a huge fan of this movie. I think this is the, I don't even know what I'd call the genre, but it is a genre. Like the bully teenager snaps horror i guess this is the peak of that the good for her movie yeah definitely yeah this is the top in my opinion of those moments in movies um it still sticks with you like the whole prom thing after the pig's blood where she just spazzes and shuts all the doors with her mind and everything i think this movie's done so well and like you think on the outside oh carrie is the villain no it's the psycho mom it's really the villain and everything and John Travolta, who doesn't know how to drink beer and just spills it all over himself the whole time. It's a fun movie. It really is. Um, Didn't make my list. It was, like you said uh, just now about uh, the crazies. It was on an earlier draft, but ended up not making it. But it is a lot of fun. Like, PJ Souls shows up in it. I love her. Yeah, she just wears this red hat the whole time for no reason, even at prom and everything. It's just her character thing. Yeah, it's weird, but I like it. Like you said, it's like Carrie is like, you think of it of like, oh, she's the big bad because she killed everybody. But yeah, like you said, it's the mom. It's all the bullies in school. Like, Yeah, I, I think everyone should watch. They should show this movie as an anti-bullying PSA in all classes. Wait, have you seen the Weird Al movie yet? Yes, I have. Did you see, spoilers for the end of the Weird Al movie. Did you see the very end when they did the Carrie thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought of you immediately. I was like, oh, Greg's going to love this. Because they I do did. the hand out of the grave carry thing. It's just like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and to tie Carrie into a franchise we both love, Carrie is the reason we have Jason in Friday the 13th. Because Ari Lehman popping out of the water was not in the original script. And look, Savini's getting a lot of credit in these movies. Oh, yeah. But rightfully so. Savini came up with, well, I just saw Carrie and the whole hand popping out thing gave me the idea to have young Jason popping out of the water. And that's kind of, Carrie's the reason we pretty much have the guy in the hockey mask. And um, the Friday the 13th series loves Carrie so much, they went to Wish.com and ordered a version of her for Part 7. Oh, I love Part 7, dude. Yeah, Part seven's It gives you the best looking Jason with a mediocre story. All right. That's my number three. So what's your number two? We're getting into the meat of this, the best parts. What seventies movies have I not picked yet that I talk about (laughs) at nauseum? 
You mean that neither of us have picked yet? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what these could be. I wonder if we'll have the exact same order. Um, my number two is Halloween. Excellent choice, Brett. I don't know if it's on mine or not. Oh, let's see in a minute. But holy shit, John Carpenter's Halloween. I, mean, I know it didn't start at all, but it really fucking kicked off the huge 80s boom. It had a major part of it, at least, you know. Well, I don't it might not have been it. the first slasher, but it set up the slasher rules um, allegedly unintentionally. Because this is where you get the final girl, the other people who, if they're busy with sex or drinking or drugs, that they will get picked off. The masked killer that you see with a, a singular weapon, like their main weapon and everything. This really established all of it. Oh yeah, and did it perf- Did it the best out of most of them. To, to the point, there's still movies of it going on this year. We had yeah. a new Halloween movie this year. And it's one, yeah, one of the best, and it was an independent movie. So think about where it started, of they just made it on like hardly any budget, and it made like 40 million or even more. And now we've got to the 13th installment, and you know it's never going to end. Yeah, it was the... I think I'm right here, which I love both of these things, so I'm fine with. It was the highest grossing independent movie, I believe, until Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the 90s. (laughs) Which is just a wild combination. But you know, that's like right up my alley of two of my favorite things. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Fucking TMNT power. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the score... Everything is just perfect about it. <laughs> I credit the score, which is another Carpenter thing, so that's no offense to him, to a lot of the movie success, to be honest. Which sounds weird to say. It's the most iconic horror movie score of all time. I don't think that can be debated. It's And if it's definitely up there in like the top five. I would also say it's probably, it might be the best. I'd have to think on it for a minute. Look, you can play that around people who don't like horror movies, and they know that's the Halloween song. Yeah. I couldn't play the Friday the 13th song around someone who didn't know, and they would know it's that. Jaws is the closest. Yeah. That's the one that might give it the most competition. But Carpenter, it's like he almost has to have both things going on, because he's a great director, and he's a great composer. But when you combine those two things, it just gets even better of, like, I love that he does his own music and continues to do it. Where now he tours. Yeah. And another thing about Halloween, I don't think any of its predecessors necessarily understood Halloween. Not the other Halloween movies, but I guess you could even count those too. I mean, like all the other slashers that kind of copied it. Because Halloween, the original at least, wasn't necessarily even about Michael. It could have been anybody. And I actually like the Rob Zombie version, but I don't think Rob Zombie understood it either because he was a Michael fan. The movie is about Laurie and her friends and this force picking them off. It's not about the force and his victims. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I get what you mean. Because I saw an interview, like, the whole success of this movie hinged on you getting behind Laurie and liking her and then, like, being worried about her and everything watching this. Exactly. Yeah, you could have, if they miscast these roles and whatnot, and they would, you wouldn't have cared any where near as much for the people and it would have been like a Friday the 13th part 7 of I don't know a couple of them I guess are kind of okay but I'd just rather see them all get killed like you don't care exactly 
<laughs> yeah, that's the later slashers. That's what it was, and so they they took that from Halloween, but not everything from Halloween. Yeah. Um, my number two. Oh. <laughs> Our number ones are completely ruined. Is <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? What? Oh, I forgot about that movie. That that is a horror movie, I guess. Right. Yes, uh, one we might not have considered. So, you know what? Let's talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a minute. You want to recap our lists? Yes, let's go. Okay, so you go ahead. Well, no, I will, so you can have the big reveal at the end. Um, Number 15, I had The Hills Have Eyes. Number 14, Deep Red. 13, The Incredible Melting Man. 12, Dr. Fibes. 11, It's Alive. 10, Suspiria. 9, The Wicker Man. 8, Jaws. 7, Zombie. 6, Alien. 5, The Exorcist. Four, Dawn of the Dead, three, Carrie, two, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and we'll skip over this because we just talked about it. My number one is Halloween. Oh, very nice. All right, so number 15 is Zombie. Number 14 is Taurus Trap. 13, Dracula, AD, 1972. Number 12 is The Omen. Number 11 is Duel. Number 10 is The Abominable Dr. Fives. Number 9 is Deep Red. Number 8 is The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Number seven is Nosferatu the Vampire. Number six is The Exorcist. Number five is Phantasm Boy. Number four is Jaws. Number three is Dawn of the Dead. Number two is Halloween. And number one is my favorite horror movie of all time, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What? Yeah. <laughs> Look, this, I knew yours right away when you said let's do our top seventies. Yeah. I knew okay, okay. I know Brett's number one. Oh, of course, it, because it's if Clerks didn't exist, it would be my favorite movie of all time. Well, it's like when we went to the eighties one. My favorite horror movie is Evil Dead Two. I know yours is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So our seventies list, I knew what it was ending with. Exactly. I mean, I cannot think of a more perfect horror movie. It's funny. It's suspenseful. It's not even, it's not really gory, but it makes you believe that it is. The acting is so great. Fucking um, Jim Seidel as the cook. He did, that's, he's just the cook. It's just, look what your brother did to the door. He's, I love his delivery. He's one of my favorite, like, actors of all time, and all he ever did was this one character. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre succeeds in being a grisly movie. Like, it's it's not gory, really. There's some blood in it and stuff. Don't yeah. take me wrong. It's not a clean-cut movie. But it, it feels dirty and vile and wrong in the best way possible. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a classic by any stretch of the imagination. Like, it's, it's so good, and you just feel like you're in this terrible place that you should not be if you're these people like no one should have been there it's scary it's dark it's just evil like you're in the wrong place when you're here you know what i mean it almost feels like a documentary how it was like shot and whatnot because it was i believe shot on like 16 millimeter i've seen the behind the scenes footage of even like toby hooper will be operating the camera it was one of those sets it was funded by the mob (laughs) Uh, to quote Lloyd Kaufman when he was on our show, it's a beautiful film talking about this movie. And it really is. Like, the colors in this movie, I sound so fucking film snob pretentious douchebag saying this. But the color like palette is so, like, not like what we get in horror movies. And it works yeah. so well for it. 
Well, because you think of horror movies, mostly they're set in the dark. It's like, you know, dark, dingy, like you can't really see anything. This is bright-ass Texas. Yeah. Man, the scene where it's not Sally, I don't think, the other girl, Pam, when she falls, like, in the chicken room, like, the feather yeah. room and everything, with the, like, right there is so terrifying. Your heart's pounding, like, a million miles a second. It's going wild. You can almost smell that room, like, they hold on it so much, and they do all these zoom-ins and whatnot. Um, the dinner scene, like, the lights in there were cooking the meat that was on the table, and it was, like, 115 degrees in there, and they had to shoot that for an entire day. And it smelled like rotting flesh. And that, like, comes through the screen. Poor Gunnar Hansen's wearing this mask the whole time. <laughs> it had to smell awful. Um, oh, yeah, there was the great little behind the scenes where Gunnar Hansen was talking about his uh, experience on the movie on that, like, golden uh, special edition DVD set I have. Um, and he was like, no one would eat with me because I had to, like kind of keep the make like the mask on and whatnot because they had to like tie it on him so no one would eat with me like everyone kind of ignored me <laughs> um, i don't want to talk about this maybe not talk about franklin just being the worst dude in the world and i feel bad for that because everyone hated him after this movie until they like had a reunion later like oh we thought you were just a prick well because he is he's the worst character in any horror movie ever. You're so glad when he dies. It'll be a fun trip! (laughs) Oh, and, um, I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago, and this movie came up, and they were saying, you know how he's like, I always thought he was chewing on sausage? Yeah. Supposedly that's a cigar butt. Oh, I always thought it was a piece of sausage he was chewing on, too. I thought he was sucking on sausage. So did I. But um, it's so great. And how badly do you have to write a character where the guy's in a wheelchair and you still fucking hate him so much? There's not an ounce of like, oh, well, you know, give him, you know, a chance or whatever. It's like, no, fuck him. He's sweating. He's got piss all over him because he tried to pee in like the can and he went riding down the hill. He's like, Also, I we barely even touched on Leatherface. Leatherface is such a cool villain because, like, he's not—he's terrifying, but his personality isn't menacing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he's screaming, like almost like he's scared when he's grabbing Pamela and taking her inside and everything. And it's—it's it's an interesting choice for a slasher villain. You know what I mean? Well, because after, like, the second person gets killed in the house, he runs to the window, and he's, like, looking out the windows, like, is there any more? And he's, like, rocking back and forth in the chair and, like, patting his head, like, he's like, what the fuck's going on? Why are these people coming in my house? Is where he's coming from. Like we said, most of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies can be solved with, quit going into Leatherface's house, and you'll be fine. I did see the one thing online earlier. Uh, it was like a while ago, and I thought it was funny. Is like Texas is, of course, like very pro, like stand your ground and like guns and like this is my property. So in the eyes of Texans, these people are actually heroes. I think <laughs> that's true until you get to the making them meat. Yeah, when you start like cutting them up with chainsaws and making sausage out of them, yeah, that might not. But they do love barbecue. That's true. But yeah, uh, I can't argue with your number one pick at all. I think Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre are hands and shoulders the best movies from this decade. No offense to anything else, but let's just be real, they are. Yeah. 
And that's all I think I got. That was a fun episode. It was fun to go through a lot of these. Well, I love um, doing these lists. Ever, ever since I was little, I love making lists. So anytime we get to do one of these special episodes, I completely love it. I'm so glad we got to do the 70s. This was uh, one that I was really looking forward to do after doing the 80s. Yeah, I don't know which decade we'll do next, but we'll have another one in not too long. Don't worry. I, we'll get to the 30s at some point. All right, so we have an interview coming up, and we have a year-end wrap-up bonus coming up, and we'll probably get back to our next decade after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you got some great stuff to look forward to to end the year out here with Throbbing with Horror. Thank you for checking out another one of our bonus uh, episodes. Like we said, we it's so much fun to do these. Yeah. All right, that's it. All right, well, we hope that our top 15 70s horror list has left your brain throbbing with horror.